This is the Real Leadership Podcast, a conversation about getting authentic, being yourself, and not being afraid of who you are, with Mark LeBusque and Kate Bora. Hi everyone, Kate Bora here from Young Professional in Australia, joined by the wonderful Mark LeBusque, Human Manager. How are you? I'm going well, thanks Kate. It's good to be back together again. Absolutely. So um, today we are talking toxic work culture. And I think this is an interesting one, Mark, because my observations are that this is increasing more than it's decreasing at the moment. I've got a lot of clients that I'm talking with, coaching where, you know, you sit back and you kind of observe the culture, the workplace dynamics that's going on and it just... You know, it feels overwhelmingly difficult and toxic. And I just think, you know, it seems to be more than less. What are you noticing? Yeah, look, I think you're right there. And let's just throw some examples up there. You know, the Royal Commission at the moment and the things that that's unearthing around some of the toxic cultures that have created the behaviours that we've seen. And I guess the acceptance of of behaviour that is quite toxic. Obviously, what we've seen happen in Canberra recently, and I think it's a reflection of society at the moment, is that... It seems to be acceptable that creating this sort of toxic environment is something that people are being drawn towards in order to survive rather than being drawn away from, even though we talk collaboration and co-opting and doing all of these things. It's not being role modelled as well as it should be in the business at the moment. Yeah, and the survival word's great because you know, the survival word orientates around the survival of the individual, not of the collective or not of the organisation. So I think when you talk about toxic work culture often it's because it's orientated around the individual it's what's best for the individual rather than what's best for the collective or what's best for the actual existence of the organization just on that point survival we are a species that has become very good at practicing the skill of survival so as much as people will talk about trying to change this really at the end of the day it comes down to choice for them it comes down to is this going to be good for me or bad for me if I choose to opt in or opt out of this toxic environment? Which um, a lot of people will see it and say, it seems to serve others well, so perhaps it will serve me well. So I think surviving is a big piece of this. You don't want to lose your job if you're not being seen to be playing the game of toxicity in your organisation at times. And there's another piece here, which is if you're not part of the lead around building the toxic culture, when you sit back and observe and allow it to happen and don't, perhaps don't have the courage, maybe I don't necessarily buy into creating it, but I actually observe it and allow it to be created. What's your role in sitting and observing and staying silent as opposed to being a, a ringleader, for want of a better word, around building that kind of toxic culture? And, you know, there's a, while ever you're sitting back and observing and allowing it to be created, you are actually part of the the dynamic that's creating it. I think that's really an important point for our listeners who are now reflecting on their own behaviours is a great question to ask them now would be, do you choose to sit back and watch it happen? Are you a little bit passive in the way you go about it or are you playing a big role in keeping toxicity in an organisation? And perhaps do you think that's serving you well or perhaps serving others well? Yeah, and to steal one of your lines, hold the mirror up. Yeah. Oh, well, this is part of the reason we're doing these podcasts over time is to get people to to listen to what we're talking about and then reflect on themselves. And, um, you know, I've been involved in toxic behaviour in organisations and I did it for reasons to survive. It was about whoever had perceived power at the time and the way they were behaving, it was great to jump on the bandwagon with them because you felt like you were safe um, versus 
being the exception and calling things out. And I think this is a big point here, Kate, is that there is a bit of a move towards being the exception and calling things out. But I think people also have to be quite conscious of the fact that if you do that and you poke and prod at the edges of the system, that there will be danger for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it takes courage to do that. And ultimately, you could be the fall guy, guy or girl. You could be the person that falls for at the risk of saying something. I think what's interesting, though, is even in that moment, even if you are the person that is the fall person, there's something about that that can influence the system. And it's not necessarily about, you know, what happens tomorrow, but it's potentially what happens down the track. You never know the impact that you have or the outcome of actually having the courage to call something out of, of the impact or influence that, that can have down the track. And I think there's a really big piece. I talk a lot about this with clients who potentially are in an environment where they're being bullied or perhaps, you know, there's not a really collaborative or a good environment for them to be effective or their team to be effective is, if not for you, then for everybody else. Because if this behaviour doesn't stop, then others will experience this as well. And I think there's a connection in with that that gives people courage that potentially they wouldn't always have. Uh, I think it's a great point. Um, I'm going to just quote some words from uh, Professor Marty Linsky, who is one of the fathers of adaptive leadership. And, and I think this is really relevant to this topic of toxicity and the choice you make where you may push against the toxic system. Marty talks about three things. It's if you are going to fight the good fight in this space, think of this. First of all, am I doing it with good intention? Secondly, am I doing it for us to make progress? And the third thing is, am I doing it to serve the group? And I think if you frame things around that, rather than looking at doing it with bad intention to stifle progress and to serve yourself, flip that over. And I think if you have the good intention to make progress and to serve others, not to say that it's still not going to be scary and uncomfortable for you, but at least in your own mind, you've made a choice of how you'd like it to be. And, you know, toxicity in organisations basically prevents the organisation from realising the potential that it could. And it might just be that you as the catalyst to change that may not be there down the track when it's better, but um, you'll leave a legacy that allows the organisation to be better than what it was before you got there. And I think that's really important. And that's a good segue of, you know, what do you do when you're in? When you're in that environment and you notice and even perhaps listening to this is helping you reflect on whether perhaps you might be in a, an organisation where there is a bit of a toxic um, work culture, you know, what do you do when you're in that environment? Absolutely, you've got a choice to what you were just saying there, Mark. Um, I think there's a really big piece around don't buy in. It's easy to fall into a victim mentality when you're in an organisation with culture like this around there's nothing I can do to change it and really kind of langu- using language that's powerless language that reinforces the fact that there's nothing you can do to change your experience of being in it. And I think there is a lot you can do, you know, even just not allowing negative conversations at a team level or at a broader level, not kind of buying into that and saying, you know what, actually, that's not constructive, that's not useful. Can we focus on that? Using language to actually kind of craft how much negative conversation, how much negative energy you actually are exposed to on a daily basis, you, even just your team, if you can actually start to influence that, that can have a huge impact. Yeah, and I think um, it's a great point, and and perhaps going back to the idea of intention, progress and service of others, is using the language in a way that it's not directed at any one person in the room. I think it's more directed around what do we stand for as a group? Do we stand for allowing the toxic behaviour? So, I think 
toxicity can become quite a personal thing because we, we look around the room and we, we start to label people as toxic or non-toxic or whatever it might be. So I think you've got to go down the pathway of keeping it broad and more about is this the behaviour that is setting us up for the success that we need to have and what is it that we're going to start to do that lessens the amount of toxicity in, in our team or in our organisation but keep it broad. Don't start to play the person play the issue or play the behaviour is what I would say. Yeah, and small things matter. You know, small questions, small tweak to language. Never underestimate the impact of small things and what the impact it can have on the dynamic at play. And I, I think often it's underestimated. It's perceived that it needs to be a big call out or it needs to be a big statement. And I think there's an opportunity for individuals to rest on the structures that exist like values to be able to orientate around those values, if you've got structures like that, to be able to use those as an opportunity to call out behaviour or even just potentially to say, let's start being more, insert value here, collaborative for one of a, <laughs> a better value yeah. across organisations, but the opportunity, you know, perhaps we could start being more collaborative here or even in your team starting to, you know, orientate around those sorts of structures and actually really bring them to life. Uh, the impact of living that in a team can start to have a flow and effect in other areas of the organisation. And that's, again, back to my point before, you make a great point here, Katie, is it's about keeping it broad and keeping it aligned to the things from an organisational perspective that you put into place. So values is a really important one. If our values are X, do you think at the moment, people, we're living those values and what would tell us that we are and what would tell us that we're not? And I think that's one of the things that organisations miss the opportunity on is it's all right to have those values, but what does it look like when we're living them? What does it look like when we're not? And if we're not, how is that contributing to the toxicity of what's what we're observing, what we're hearing in the organisation? And calling those things out rather than saying something like, you know, hey, Kate, I think you're being really toxic at the moment. If I start picking a person, then we start to create competition and we start to take sides and all of a sudden what might be one-on-one -on -one individual disagreements become cliques and become groups and gangs going around the business trying to pick each other off. So I think starting with what we've been given from an organisation, the permission we've been given around values is a great place to start. And, you know, we were just talking about this over coffee, that sometimes you actually need to bring in someone outside the organisation who can come in, and you do this a lot with your work, provoking with purpose, you know, come into the system and disrupt the status quo, call some stuff out, get it on the table, force you to look at the reality of the situation that's going on, and then be the full guy and leave and then allow the organisation to then regroup around that. But actually having someone who wouldn't survive in the system because, you know, there is some collateral damage of being the person that comes in and says, you know, take a good look at what's going on here. And that that's a group conversation regardless of the individual dynamics that are going on and being able to then hold the mirror up and then make some good choices. And, you know, that can go one of two ways. <laughs> yeah, look, I think first thing I'd say is don't practice martyrdom because martyrdom doesn't work all that well. For people, I can think of my own situations where I've continued to poke the bear within the system I was in. And at the end of the day, the system is robust enough and elastic enough to bounce back to where it needs to be. And then the collateral damage is usually the people that poke the system. So your idea of potentially bringing people in from outside who 
haven't been romanced by the system but are in the room purely to work around the frame of good intention to make progress to serve this group in order to be better is a great way to start conversations that you might like to have but you can't through fear of not being able to survive in in that environment. So perhaps for our listeners is to start to think, how many times have we started to try and have these conversations internally and we've got all bright-eyed about the improvements that we can make and then all of a sudden we just go back to the behaviour. I think that impartial party is a great way to um, build momentum and to um, is to make the breakthroughs that you need to. Yeah, and can say what can't be said by someone who actually is served by the organisation, is paid by the organisation and has existing relationships and loyalties to individuals within the organisation. And you know what, some of these things, it's really interesting that because these toxic systems build up over years and over decades as well, there are things that are hidden away. And the term I use, and I can't remember who I got this term from, but it's certainly not one I invented, is around what we call the known unspokens. So the things that we know are happening in the organisation that are toxic, but we choose not to speak about them, perhaps through fear of survival or fear that the system will make a decision to move us on. So perhaps your ability to start to canvas the known unspokens is a really important place to start, making sure that you've framed it up, that it's safe enough to do so. And if you can get to that point to start to put some of those things on the table, I've had a client recently who they had some conversations that they've been hanging on to for nearly 15 years. And it was really, really uncomfortable in the room, but there was almost like a relief when the conversation started to happen because one person in the room decided that this was the time to do it. And I think that's something else to think about as well. Yeah, and I think there's, you know, there's ultimately a choice when you're in a toxic work culture. You know, we make choices that serve ourselves ultimately personally. So whether you choose to stay in or whether you choose to leave, but I think there's a piece where you need to acknowledge your ability to influence change and depending on that, whether you're willing to stay in and the cost of that and or, which we were talking about earlier, the reward of staying that. You know, how is this potentially serving me if I stay here? Does it keep me safe on some level? And sometimes with that, I think um, the choice is about do you move on? Yeah. Is your values alignment so different to what's happening in that organisation that you've got to make that decision to make the move? And that's a hard one to make because there's a whole lot of um, danger that comes with that. But I think there's a lot of people who will be listening today who are hanging on for dear life, knowing full well things aren't going to change. But they're also concerned about, you know, their livelihoods and they've got to pay their bills and the mortgage and, and do all those sorts of things. So don't make decisions here on the fly, but at the same time, think about what it's doing, not only to you and your workplace, but outside your workplace when you are continuing to absorb toxicity from others. Yeah, because there's times when you can be the hero to stay in, but actually if it's going to cost you so much personally, you know, I've coached clients through the fact that says actually as much as you would like to be the person that leads this change, let's get real about the personal impact on your family, your emotional well-being, your physical well-being, your mental well-being, and is it worth it? And mm. it's okay to make the call and walk away if it's not. Yeah, and look, I think just one thing to finish up on here is just be conscious as well is if you start this conversation, and I've seen this with my clients, and I actually tell my clients up front this, that if you are going to take toxicity head on, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And you've got to be in a situation where you're prepared to hold your nerve because toxicity will fight like hell 
to survive, just like we will fight like hell to survive as an individual. And it will start playing a whole lot of different and crazy little games to survive. So just be conscious that if you're going to become that voice against toxicity, be prepared to hold your nerve because it's going to get tougher before it gets better. All right, Mark, we might leave it there. Thanks so much for joining me. And to our listeners, we hope you've enjoyed today. Hey there, it's Mark here again. Thanks for listening to the Real Leadership Podcast. If you liked it, why not rate it five stars? And if you loved it, share it with your friends so more people can get real in their leadership. Also check out our websites. For Kate, it's www.ypwa.com.au and check out her fantastic new book called Core Confidence. And for me, it's www.marklabus.com and check out the adventures of Frankie the Robot in my book, Being Human. Looking forward to bringing you our next podcast where we're going to delve into the whole idea of the imposter syndrome, self-limiting beliefs and how you can overcome them. But until then, keep your leadership real. Cheers.